Welcome to the Ponies Help Children podcast. This is our first episode. Um, really exciting. I'm Callum Stevens, your host for today, and I'm joined with Heather Stevens, the co-founder of the charity and also current CEO, and also my mum. To start off with, I would like to have a massive thanks to Derek from Audio Bubbles for getting us this far. So hopefully throughout our time doing podcasts, we're going to get some guests on who will be talking about their experiences either working with the charity or experiencing the services of the charity but also be able to get some behind the scenes from university research and hopefully we'll be able to provide a really good background for what we do here at Ponies Help Children. So we're going to start with a couple of questions for mum to go back to really where Ponies Help Children started from and how we are, where we are today making this podcast. Well, many years ago, when my mum uh, retired from uh, running the bed and breakfast, she sat down for about 10 minutes and thought, what am I going to do now? She had such a love for animals. In fact, she's probably had more love for animals than she did for humans. But that's quite normal with the people that we work with anyway. And she wanted to rescue horses and make a difference to their lives. So at the very beginning, we sold it to our husbands at that point that yes, we were going to bring in wee waifs and strays of horses, turn their lives round and then sell them on. We were going to make money. Ha ha. Our husband said, oh, that sounds good. Yes. And then we collected ponies. Mum went to our local horse dealer. He saw her coming and she had such a big heart and he knew that she wouldn't leave empty handed. So she came back with two ponies on the first day. We would, we would told my dad that we were going up for one and lo and behold, two were delivered at four o'clock that afternoon. So the ponies were broken. They were frightened. They were, were malnourished. And they lacked a lot of trust. And that was something that my mum did for these ponies, was she turned them round. She filled them full of love, full of food, and lots of understanding. And we collected them. They were grass eaters. And then, lo and behold, you came along. You, as a little person, and you were brought up in a farm on your own, no siblings, and your best friend was Bumble. And we watched the relationship between you and Bumble grow. And you would come home from school and the first person you spoke to was Bumble. Bumble knows more about what happened between the playground and the school than I ever did. And we watched that happen. And we knew that horses had so much to give children. So we, mum and I, went down to our local primary school and told them that we wanted our ponies to help children that really had nothing. We do live in a deprived area out here. We wanted to make a difference to young people's lives. And the school did buy into it. They, they sent some pupils 
But unfortunately, at that point, they saw that the ponies was a reward. And when the children kicked off in school, they didn't get to come. And we knew that we had opened up these children to emotions and they needed support. So we had to try and convince the school that we would be able to get through the other side and it wasn't a quick fix. Wow, that, that's not the first time I've heard that, obviously. But yeah, everything that you say is really something else. So you've spoken about collecting many horses. How many horses are we currently sat at? At this moment, we have 15 and they range in size from miniature Shetlands who work with um, three-year-old up and then up to what I call proper horses where it's uh, 16 hands, which is, for people who don't know, quite big. Um, That's the sort of horse that I would potentially ride if I ever had the time to do so. But on that note, Ponies Help Children is not riding. It's all work from the ground, which we'll come to uh, later. So when we do our referral forms, we do ask the age of of the person that's being referred And that is so we can have an idea of which horse we think would be right. You can't give a five-year-old Magic, who is one of the biggest horses, we have to work it appropriately so we get it right. So you haven't mentioned very many horses by name in this podcast so far. However, we we love all of them equally and they've all got their own special place. But um, you've already elaborated to Bumble, having that little bit for me. Do you have anyone that's really special for you? Well, as uh, our group of staff and volunteers, there's a sort of joke that we don't have favourites, but we do. Each one of these horses has a special place in my heart for whatever reason. But Magic is very special. She's top horse. She is my horse. And we were discussing it the other day, one look from Magic and they all stand to attention and pretty much one look from me and most people know where they have to be. Um, So Magic is very special. Me and Magic are a team. However, um, if I was to move away from her, um, I would say, because I should maybe mention at this moment that unfortunately we lost mum in November 19. So the the whole can of the charity was handed to me um, to carry, if you like. And I had to keep the rescuing of the ponies going. So in my, on on my own or, or as it might be without mum, I've rescued a few ponies and they have become very special in my heart because I'm the one that rescued them. I'm the one that filled them full of love and understanding. There was always mum that had done that before. So Bo, who is our last pony to come in, who has... She came from a, a local place. Uh, someone had bought her for their five, five-year-old daughter because she'd had two riding lessons. So they didn't know one end of a horse to other. No leadership and Bo decided that she had to take the lead and she became unhandable with the, the family. The wee girl became frightened and she became up for, for grabs, if you like. So the, they'd contacted me about Bo. We grabbed at her. She's a Palomino. Her very first horse was Palomino. For those listeners that don't know what Palomino is, she's cream and she's got a cream 
white, grey mixture of a mane. But I am, she is absolutely stunning. She's only a small horse. And she very quickly learned that she didn't need to take the lead when she came here. I am, we had a beautiful honeymoon period where she settled and you could just see the tension leave her. She was safe. And then she decided, oh, I wonder if I can push the boundaries. So she started to, to ask questions, which was quite a challenge to um, answer them in a nice, calm, appropriate way because you could see that she has been top horse leading her family and she didn't quite understand that this behaviour wasn't appropriate. So, as always, a challenge, but that's why she's got a special place in my heart. Excellent. So, just a nice little segue, and you were speaking about magic and how magic's characteristics are quite dominant, and some of the other horses may look at her and go, oh, magic's in a bit of a bad mood. Could you speak to me a little bit more about the other characteristics that the ponies have got and how we can use that with the charity and working with our children? So we receive referrals from children aged three up. Although the name says Ponies Help Children, we actually are able to help people of all ages after the age of three. We did look at changing the name um, many years ago, but we're known as Ponies Help Children and we wanted to keep it as that. So when we receive a referral, we will match our young people to one of the ponies. If I was to pick on some of the ponies, you've got Bertie, who is 26, no, 24, sorry, and he is so laid back. He is a new forest pony. He is just so settled. You could run up to him and flap your hands, kick the bedding, have a meltdown and he would go, are you okay there, mate? He is just amazing and he fills you full of love. If you don't listen to Bertie and Bertie says, I'm standing here for you and you're not engaging with me, he'll give you a gentle head nudge to say, oi, I'm giving up my time for you, mate. Just give me a little inch here. So he is just so settled, but also a little bit directive. He'll, he'll keep you on your toes. You've got Bumble, as we've mentioned earlier. Bumble used to be a riot. He's got ADHD. He would just dance about. He would just show you exactly where you were. You were anxious. He was anxious. He matches your energy. And that's why Ponies Help Children makes a difference because the ponies are mirrors for the young people's emotions. And then you've got... Poppet, she's a very nervous little pony. She had been badly treated. Uh, her head collar had been engraved into her face previously. The people that had her before we got her had saved her from that. Um, so she's very, very nervous. She tries to contain it. And then recently, last year, she just lost lost it. She, she pretty much had a meltdown. She couldn't take any more anxiety. She couldn't take any more stress. The session that she was in was a busy session and she said, I can't do this. Um, and very much like a young person who is trying to cope, perhaps coping in school during school hours and then come home and we talk about the fizzy bottle that it explodes when they come home to their safe place. That's sort of what Poppet did. So we've had to go right back to the drawing board with her 
and take tiny, tiny steps with her um, because her anxiety is so much that we don't really want to do a mirror with her, with someone with that level of anxiety. I think it's really interesting uh, with all of the horses that you mentioned there, of the transition from Bumble being quite highly energetic, however he, he changed slightly, and with Poppet that we continuously monitor and we listen to our ponies. I think that is something that is really important in our values here at Ponies Help Children, that we do listen to our ponies and we adapt as required to the ponies because ultimately we need to keep them safe so that they can keep our children safe. I'd like to go back to the beginning of why Ponies Help Children is here, what is its um, purpose uh, in the community and how are we going to achieve that goal at the end of the day? So Ponies Help Children is based at Blair Mains Farm, which is our home um, in Hart Hill or on the outskirts right next to the M8. And we received charity status in July 2015 uh, after quite a battle to get tick the boxes in the Oscar um, system. Um, we wanted our ponies to make a difference to the young people, specifically in our area. But as we have developed, we now reach people nearly over the full central belt of Scotland. Edinburgh, Glasgow, Falkirk, North Lanarkshire, South Lanarkshire and West Lothian. We started with two children a week from our local school and then quickly Hope for Autism, a local charity um, over in Airdrie, came on board and we started working with children with autism. And as we progressed and word got out, um, Attachment Disorder Organisation, whose name for, I forget, came on board and we saw a huge difference with the children that had attachment disorder with the, the ponies and the love that they were able to give to the young young people. So we started off with schools, autism and then attachment disorder a way back then. But word of mouth got out the differences that the children felt, um, the families, they had now had children that were able to sleep at night, especially in the night that they had been to the ponies. We had a little boy who was three-year-old. This was before we had the minis, Buttons and Fudge. And um, his mum, she was quite a young mum, and she her anxiety was through the roof because she was always being judged with her three-year-old um, boy who was non-verbal and he was struggling to contain his um, emotions and mum was really quite frantic and she she carried him down into uh, see Bertie and we were grooming Bertie and we were counting to ten with the brush and he copied me while I was saying counting the words and his mum had him placed on her hip as we do as, as mums we hold her our children balancing on the hips and she nearly dropped him when he started to say uh, the, the, the counting to ten and then we went to put Bertie's rug on and mum said to the wee boy uh, watch Heather put rug on and he copied that the tears were flowing down mum's face um, she was in awe that her little boy had started to copy words. He lives in Airdrie and as soon as he comes on that M8, he says he's going to Bertie's house. He's now probably primary six 
and I I see him on Facebook because me, me and his mum are friends and it is awesome to see the development that that little boy got and the confidence that mum got because she came to Ponies Help Children. So that's just one of the small stories, but that one resonated very much that we had to help children that were young. And that's why we went and got buttons and fudge um, that the three-year-olds could work with because we wanted to make a difference. If you fast forward to Christmas, just last year, Christmas 2022, a little boy came to us who couldn't walk. And yes, we don't do riding at Ponies Help Children, but because this little boy came to the ponies, he developed confidence and he now walks quite freely as he was leading the ponies. Um, Don't ask me how, I have no idea how this happened, but this little boy is now able to walk and he follows instructions. We're just working on his language whilst he's working with the ponies. That is really fantastic to hear all of these fantastic stories of children progressing so well. I think it is important to say though that this doesn't happen with every child, that some people or some children will develop different skills and will come with different goals. And some of them will be just to have got a bit of confidence to speak to the volunteer. And we use the horses as a tool to be able to relax them. But equally, some people will have that really massive difference of being able to say their first words. Absolutely. We've got, we'd work with um, about 70 clients each week between our base and our base up in Uddingston. We've got a a small hub in Uddingston which we opened in uh, January 2022 where we work with up to six clients a week there. Small beginnings, just the same as how we started at Blair Mains. However, the children that we work with now range from, like I said about the little boy um, at Christmas time, to teenagers who have severe mental health, um, self-harming, suicidal ideations, and it's hard. They come to the ponies and they can let go of their stresses and their emotions and they can have a purpose again just by working with these ponies. There is a, I don't want to say the word magic because some people don't like that word being referred to but there is something very deep that happens when you work with a horse to help you emotionally and it's something to do with the size of their heart and they have a very large heart which has a slower heart rate and when we become one with that horse our heart rate lowers and becomes part of that rhythm which then helps um, medical things happen. That's not my remit. You'll hear more about that in future podcasts. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And unfortunately, none of us are specialists in that kind of neuropsychology. However, we do have little contacts here and there who would be great to get on the podcast to chat to them about and they can explain it in a slightly more glamorous way of the, the science of what what goes on in our sessions. Because we can see it from a 
almost an outsider point of view of we can see the results, but we don't know how those results have came about. So that would be really interesting to get those perspectives in later podcasts. Yes. You mentioned that we are not trained in these aspects. We're not. We are not therapists. We are trained in equine facilitated learning. We use our horses to make a difference to the learnings of other people. We work a lot with children in schools where we are helping them to regulate their energies so that they can cope in education. Some of our pupils, some of our clients will come out of school with no academic qualifications and it is our job to help these people find what they are good at and we use Dynamic Youth Awards to help them see what journey they have been on um, emotionally interacting with other people because some of our people will not speak, cannot speak because of the trauma or because of their condition. It might be that they're non-verbal due to autism but that doesn't stop them from being able to achieve uh, something in their life. It's about helping them to reach their full potential whatever that may be. That's really fantastic as a kind of holistic of what Ponies Help Children are doing at the moment and how we've progressed in that time to where we are. Only seven and a half years from the formation of the, or from the charity status being recognised. So that's really fantastic. Yeah, because when we first started, it was all volunteers. We volunteered our time. We just wanted to make a difference to people out there. We wanted to give people purpose um, and direction. Now, as we sit here, we have got four staff at Blair Mains and one staff up at Uddingston and we're about to recruit a young volunteer who's coming through the pathway system. So, yes, we've got about 40 volunteers who will give anything from two hours a week to help us. Some of them are giving us 10, 12, 14 hours each week, just depending on their needs and their abilities. Some are, um, if I think of, of one of the ladies, she's a retired police officer, got plenty of time on her hands and wants to make a difference. Um, she's got a lot of background with um, scouts and such, so she's very aware of how working with children helps um, she didn't know one end of a horse to another, but she's quickly learned and she loves being here. And if I jump to the other end, we've got some of our volunteers have their own mental health issues. One of our first volunteers was suffering from postnatal depression. And within six months, she'd halved her own medication uh, via the doctor because she got so much out being a volunteer here, seeing the children making a difference possibly her own heart rate reducing because she was with the horses. But seven years ago, we didn't know that. We didn't know why the, the difference made. But because we know there's a difference with the children from the beginning to the end, we work with Stirling University um, Psychology Department who evaluate our feedback forms so that we can document how the changes have been made between beginning and end. So we run a block of sessions which are approximately seven weeks long where we do a beginning, 
and an end point um, and the, the statistics go off to Stirling Uni and they evaluate them, they sort them out, they put them through their, their fancy machines and they come back with reports and actually this current block that we're in at the moment, we've got a final year um, student doing our masters and she's doing her dissertation on the differences that ponies help children make to young people. She's just focusing on young people. Wow, that's really, really fantastic to get us up to date almost on and uh, touching on many different things that I'm sure we'll cover in podcasts to come that we can really deep dive into some of those topics. Yeah, because I feel that today as our first podcast, we, we're sort of jumping a little bit from before, after, current, but that's because we are developing all the time and we... We want to make that difference. When we first started, um, autism was on the sort of radar of everybody. Um, there was a big push to help people with autism. And then quickly, the ACEs movement came, the adverse childhood experiences. That sort of movement came. So a lot of focus went to attachment disorder. And unfortunately, because of COVID pandemic and the terrible negative mental health that we've got. We've got a lot of young people that have struggled with the transition back into school after being homeschooled um, and then teenagers that have got suicidal ideations, which is is quite hard. When I say teenagers, we've also had 10-year-olds that have been referred to us because they don't want to be here anymore. Well, that, that, when I first heard about some of these referrals coming in, that, that was hard-hitting for me hearing about people my own age, if not younger, really, really struggling. It's great to hear of the positive feedback we get from them afterwards of, actually, I do enjoy coming and working with our ponies and making that personal progression. And that's fantastic hearing from the charity. So you've spoken about lots of developments that we've made. What is your aims for the next year let's say or 11 months until the end of 2023 for our one year plan we're really hoping to develop our our volunteers we've got a lot of young volunteers who we want to make a difference they aren't able to get into employment and we want to help them on that path so this year is about focusing on our young volunteers if we get funding we're going to get a volunteer development officer who can put their focus into that. That's our big aim for this year. As I've said, we've got our our small hub in Uddingston. Is it a possibility to get another hub? Yes, I am. we are in demand. We do need more facilities that we can reach these people throughout Scotland. Um, let's just keep it small at the moment. We're in North Lanarkshire. We might be able to venture into South Lanarkshire or West Lothian in the future. So that would be always available when the time is right. So that could possibly be up to your five-year plan. I would imagine we'll have more hubs then. Our big aim as a team here at Ponies Help Children is to be able to release myself a little bit more. I eat, sleep and drink Ponies Help Children, which is wonderful and it keeps me going, but we don't want burnout. And the team here at Blair Mains are very aware of that. So we're trying to do a little bit of transition 
to take the pressure off myself and spread the load. So that's sort of long-term aim is that I am still able to be here at the front of PHC in 10 years' time. Yeah, that that sounds really good and really optimistic. So I really hope that we can uh, still be here as a podcast in three years' time and be able to speak about these fantastic things. Before we move on to our kind of closing thoughts, um, talking about the hubs, why is it that we're needing hubs? Well, as you said, we've got 15 horses here. We did have 16, which is absolute max. We squashed in Bo because we were aware that one of our other horses was failing and probably wouldn't see the spring, which has unfortunately happened. She had a lot of health issues, etc, etc, which we might cover in another podcast about the health of the ponies and how we maintain that. But we have only got space for 15, 16 horses here at Blair Mains. Our horses are taking approximately six sessions a week with young people and as we've talked about the young people's needs these horses absorb them and we don't want to overload our horses so from that point of view Blair Mains is at full capacity whereas we want to be able to reach in Addingston they have helped with some of our overspill but they've also got Glasgow people coming to them South Lanarkshire people so Addingston's very well placed um, the same as what we are, they reach three different local authorities the same as we do over here at Blair Mains. So if we were to open one in West Lothian, I think it would possibly be quite a big one I'd be looking for in West Lothian because we work a lot with the schools in West Lothian with the inclusion and wellbeing services. They are very with us on the differences that we can make. I would possibly say that West Lothian are the leaders on alternative schooling. That, that's fantastic, getting to hear all of those progressions and I, I look forward to seeing this optimistic future and seeing ponies help children worldwide. <laughs> so just to round off, hopefully you've enjoyed our first podcast. This will be getting placed on many different platforms and hopefully we can touch on some of those points that we've already spoken about, about Stirling University get some people speaking about that and also from Addingston and some of our case studies of volunteers seeing their developments and progressions or our clients. We're going to aim to get these podcasts out about every two weeks or so so stay up to date on our social medias on Facebook and Twitter and we'll keep you up to date with any new podcasts coming out. Our next podcast we're going to have our first guest that isn't mum, CEO, <laughs> And she's going to speak about the benefits that she's seen from the charity for her own child. So that'll be a really, really interesting yeah, background and see what she's seen from a parent's point of view. Okay? Please go and like and subscribe for this. Spread the podcast as far as you can. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.